Why does asset location matter? Well, what types of investments you hold and which accounts can play a big part in how much tax you pay now and in the future. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app to go to the show notes and download our brand new guide on why asset location matters for free. Today in this jam-packed episode of Your Money, Your Wealth, we talk about stimulus payments for self-employed, dependents, and those who message us on Facebook, the Paycheck Protection Program, round two of which started since this episode was recorded, coronavirus-related distributions, Roth conversions, tax loss harvesting, the solo 401k, and yes, we even have a few derails at the end of the episode. I'm producer Andy Last, and here are the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA. We got one um, from Kelsey. Hello, my name is Kelsey, and I have a question about the stimulus checks. My parents claimed at me as a dependent in 2018. Neither of us filed for 2019 yet. If they file soon and will not claim me as a dependent, will I be able to get a stimulus check? I'm a 22-year-old college student and live and pay rent on my own, so I'm independent. Also, my dad is self-employed, it does not set aside taxes with each paycheck. So on tax season, they owe a lot. How much will it cost them not to claim me as a dependent? So there's two questions here, Big Al. Uh, one's a tax question. So she's claimed as a dependent. Uh, she's 22 years old. So... Yeah, and presumably um, a full-time college student, which means her parents can claim her as a dependent, but there's there's very little benefit. There's so, zero benefit, right? <laughs> I, I mean, it, in the past, you got about a $4,000 deduction for a dependency exemption, and that went away in 2018 uh, with the new Tax Act and Jobs Cut Act. Um, but at any rate, yeah, there's not much reason, Kelsey, for your parents to claim you as a dependent, and they shouldn't, because uh, if they claim you as a dependent, you cannot get the stimulus check. So there's, there's really no reason. Joe, I mean, there are some reasons why parents should still claim their kids. If their kids are 17 and under, they get the child credit, right? right. So that's, that's one thing. Uh, for Which is what, that, I mean, that's significant. So if Kelsey was 17 years old, I mean, right. that's a $2,000 tax savings, yeah. a $2,000 yeah. child tax credit. Yeah, per kid. So that, yeah, that's, that's a big deal. Um, or Joe, if you have a, a single parent, uh, if they claim a dependent, then they can get ha- head household, which is a better tax rate, you know, better tax rates. So I guess in, in this particular case, uh, I guess, Kelsey, your dad could potentially claim your medical expenses, but that's probably not going to amount to any savings whatsoever because of the thresholds that you have to get over. So I would say there's no, there's real no benefit for your parents to claim you as a dependent. So you should not. And then the second part is how do you get your stimulus check, right? Because uh, if you were filed as a dependent in 2019, or 2018, sorry, uh, you would want to file 2019 right away yourself so that you could get in the, in the role so you could get your stimulus check. Otherwise, you got to wait till you file your 2020 return and not be a dependent on that, that return, but then you're waiting a whole year to get that money. So um, if you haven't filed, file. Um, tell your parents not to claim you as a dependent. Um, it's not giving them any tax savings. I get it because they're still used to old tax law, right? Yeah, so exactly. Like, yeah, you know, hey, well, I'm going to claim you because I'm self-employed, and you know, uh, you know, money comes in, and then it's it's, you know, um, you know, cash flow is so all over the place when you're self-employed. Sometimes, so paying taxes, you know, sometimes it's feast or famine. 
Um, so I get what her, what her dad's doing. Um, but the, claiming her as a dependent is, is basically hurting her. Um, yeah, and, and you're right. It, it used to make a big difference for your parents, but it doesn't anymore uh, with your age. Okay, cool. Um, we got another question from the stimulus with Tennessee Dave. Um, my question has to do with the Paycheck Protection Program, part of the coronavirus stimulus package. Well, thank you, Tennessee Dave, for explaining that. I'm self-employed and file as a sole proprietor and have just one employee, me. For what I understand, I could obtain a loan through this program, but I don't understand the rules by which this loan can be forgiven. It seems from what I have been able to read that I just have to use the funds to keep paying myself at the same rate as before the crisis to qualify for forgiveness, but this seems too good to be true. Do I have to demonstrate somehow that my business income was adversely affected this year? What if, after all said and done, 2020, my income really didn't go down? I am expecting a downturn this year, but don't know for sure and don't want to take on the extra cost of paying a loan back with interest if it isn't needed, but also don't want to pass up what seems like could be free money. Can you clarify the rules as to how the program could apply to me? Thanks for your help. Tennessee Dave. Well, this is an interesting caveat we're in it's here. A, it, it's a great question because the uh, PPP loan, well, first of all, it ran out of money uh, last week being somewhere around, I think, April 16th. Uh, if you're listening to the show later, now we are at April 22nd. And I think the Senate just approved a, now 300, the 320? $320 million of new dollars. Yeah. Well, billion. What did I say? <laughs> Trillion? Million. <laughs> it was, yeah. Yeah. It was a big number. Yeah. <laughs> it was billion. Sorry. Uh, at any rate, um, so they, they, they have this rule, Joe, where you can, the, the amount of loan that you can, you can apply for is like two months of your, of your salary. Uh, and that's, but there's a limitation on a hundred thousand dollars per person. Right. And, but then there's, um, but, and so self-employed, uh, self-employed, a sole proprietor doesn't pay themselves salary. It's the profit in the business. That's the self-employment income. So that's what makes this kind of a little bit tricky. Right. And so your self-employment income is going to be what you make, you know, that, that couple months after you receive the PPP loan to determine whether you're going to get the loan forgiveness. And I, I've got to be honest, Joe, this, this is so complicated. It's, I, I'm not even completely clear on the rules on the forgiveness yet. Uh, but I, I, what I will say is information seems to be coming out daily. And, um, and so I would just keep abreast of that. Unfortunately, that's the best I can do. What, what about you, Jeff? Yeah, I think what I would do if I was Tennessee Dave is I would apply for the loan, right? Because it's basically, it, here's the deal. It's two months um, of rolling uh, payroll. So I don't know if he would, from that perspective, all right, so two months of his pay is what he's going to get as a loan. Um, is that worth it? And if so, go through the process to do it. And the worst case is that, let's say it's not forgiven for Dave. I mean, it's still a good rate. It's 4%. 
you get some yeah. cash and then if you want to pay it all back right away then then do it or it'll, it'll give you a little bit of a cushion um with with really good interest rates so at the end of the day if you have you know let's say you make a hundred thousand dollars you know what's the you know the loan amount is not going to be anything crazy um if he makes a million dollars well then it could be a couple hundred grand loan but uh but if he's making a million bucks i don't even know if he needs it or quality, well, you know, so well, yeah, Jay, let me help you out. If he, if he makes a million bucks, it's limited and it's just him. He's limited. Oh, it's only at a hundred thousand dollars income. So yeah. it's it, right. So his loan and, amount is going to be. And it's two months of that, right? So one, one sixth of that. So call it 18, 17, 18,000, something like that. So I've got, this is from the treasury. It says, uh, how much of your loan will be forgiven? You will owe money when your loan is due. If you use the loan, amount for anything other than payroll costs, mortgage interest, rent, and utilities uh, for payments over eight weeks after getting the loan. Uh, so basically what they're saying is, is the eight weeks after you get the loan, if you're using the money for payroll, mortgage, uh, interest, rent, and utilities, it can be forgiven. But then there's all these tests, Joe. I'm, I'm, yeah. How much income, how much salary you have to have. In the case of a sole proprietor, salary is profit. Salary equals profit and self-employment income. So that's that's what kind of makes it tricky for self-employed people. All right. Hopefully that helps Tennessee Dave. We got Tennessee Dave with a follow-up question. Didn't Tennessee Dave just also email us again today? Oh, did he? I haven't seen that yet. Tennessee Dave. He's proficient. I like it. <laughs> Hi, Joe. Big Al. Want to do more Roth conversions this year while the stock market is down. I've heard you say that under the CARES Act, I can take an IRA distribution this year and pay the tax over the next three years instead of paying it all in 2020. If I take the distribution and convert it to a Roth IRA, can I still pay the tax over three years? Also, is there any limit to the amount of distribution I can take and still pay tax over three years. Thanks, Tennessee Dave. Tennessee Dave. Um, let's first of all, what what he's talking about is the, the I guess the COVID or co- coronavirus um, related distribution from retirement accounts. You could pull up to a hundred thousand dollars out of the retirement account, um, and you could either pay that retirement account back over a three-year time period, or you could defer the taxes over a three-year time period. Um, however, you have to qualify for the coronavirus-related distribution. And what the qualifications are is that you have to be diagnosed with COVID, that, right? You don't want that. Um, or your wife, dependent, spouse, um, kids, right, that were diagnosed with it. Or let's say you had kids that were in school, but now you have to stay at home to take care of them. Uh, that would qualify. Uh, if you got furloughed, laid off, you re- lost wages, maybe you're a small business owner that had to shut down. I mean, all of these are qualifications. Uh, but the last one that the IRS put in, now is interesting because it, it's pretty broad, right? It's like, well, anything that the IRS finds suitable um, will, 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 will qualify. Right. Um, it, pretty open-ended. It's pretty open. So um, I'm not sure if you qualify, Tennessee Dave. So if, if you want to <clears throat> go for it, yeah, you know, there's so many things with this distribution, Dave, um, Al, is that 
because a lot of people are affected by this virus, right? I mean, almost everyone is to some degree, it seems like. Right. And so now let's say I'm a retiree and I'm taking dollars out of my retirement account to live off of. So if I pull out $50,000 to live off of, but I'm affected by the COVID, does that mean now I can then pay the tax on the $50,000 distribution over three years, even though I have been taking distributions from my retirement account? Do CPAs really got to get involved to say, well, I see you took a distribution from your retirement account. Do you want to, you know, defer the taxes over three years? Do you want to throw in to see if you qualify for this thing? Um, you know, so there's going to be, how about if you take out $50,000 today and, you know, because you're hurting, right? I've been sitting at home for six months. I take those dollars out. I qualify. Um, but I have it in my bank account, and then all of a sudden in, in December, things are better. I don't necessarily need it, so I'm going to decide to keep it, but then I convert it. I mean, there's so many different, I guess, nuances here that I'm not sure how the IRS is ever going to tr track that money. Yeah, well, I think the, if you do qualify for this this special three-year rule, then it's it's actually retroactive to January 1st, but you do have to qualify. I, I guess I would say if it's a distribution, you can't, you can't convert a distribution to a Roth IRA, but you could put it back in the IRA and, and then, then convert, convert it. it. Yeah, but you, but you don't get the three years on a Roth conversion. It's, it's three years for distributions. The, the whole point of this is if you need the money, you, you basically get you get to use it without having to pay taxes up front. And, and by the way, the three, um, the three years is, is, would be the default. You pay the tax over three years, but you can elect to pay it in the first year, being this year. So if you want to pay the tax this year because your tax rate's lower, you can, you can certainly do that. But then you also have three years from the date of the distribution to put it back in. IRA without paying tax. So there's, you do have a couple choices, but yeah, you can't, you can't do this with a Roth conversion. It doesn't work. But here's the deal. I think with there's additional planning that we're going to have to take a look at because right now it's like, all right, well, if I take a hundred thousand dollars out, I got to live off of it. And then you can pay the tax over the next three years. Right. Um, but how about if I pull a hundred thousand dollars out and then I can pay myself back over three years, correct? Yeah, yeah, you right? can put it in, yeah. So, but let's say I take it from my 401k plan, I put it into my IRA, and then I, let's say, convert some of that over the next three years. Maybe I have a 401k plan that I never had access to because I was under 59 and a half. I use this COVID-related distribution to take $100,000 out of my 401k plan. If they waive the mandatory distribution, I put it into my IRA, and then from there, I convert that money over the next three years. I mean, right? Yeah. right? So there could be some, some interesting things. Or how about if I'm already taking a distribution from my retirement account that I'm living off of? So instead of usually I have to pay the tax this year for that distribution. So in this case, would then I split that distribution tax over three years? Yeah, if you could. If you qualify. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I just so, think that there's a lot more to this that we'll see later on this year. 
Yeah. And I think uh, a question might come up like, what if I, what if I d decide to pay the tax over three years and then I pass away and it, it can happen to some older people? Well, then, then your estate will have to pay the tax. So it gets, you don't, you don't run away from it. It still has to be paid. That's kind of morbid now. I suppose. But, or another thing but you too, have to plan for worst case scenario, you know? Yes. But so, I'm thinking, but, I'm thinking if I, if, if I'm my dad's age, no offense, dad, but I'm, you know, I'm, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be here three years. Oh, wow. Oh, man. Actually, actually, he's told me he, 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 uh, let's see, he will be 87 this year. And we talked about him turning 90 and he goes, God, I hope not. That's what oh, he wow. told me. <laughs> so he's pretty happy then is what you're saying. Yeah. Very happy. Love, love and life. <laughs> Living large. <laughs> I'll tell you, my parents are in University City, and they're um, they're holed up, and it's life is not the best right now for them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, life kind of is um, unique for 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 all of us, for most yep. of us, right? Yep. Um, we got uh, Robbie writes in uh, via Facebook Messenger. I made a 2018. Um, I made a 2018. Okay, I made a. This guy's making a lot of things, Robbie. Uh, <laughs> Rob contributed to 18, 2008. He made 18. I made a 2018. I made a tax return. The uh, loan company, and they used the direct deposit information through their bank. But I get SSID through direct deposit at my bank. My question is, where will the $1,200 stimulus package money go to? Oh, my God. Um, so Robbie filed a tax return. In a loan company, I think. And they used the direct deposit information for the loan company's bank instead of his. I made a tax return to the, the uh, loan company. So Man, he, made, we he, gotta, he, he prepared a tax return for the loan company. That's what he did. I made so a he, tax return. <laughs> yeah, he made How it. do you make a tax return? <laughs> you just fill it out. You made it. Oh, my God. <laughs> What's you know, wrong with people? I can I can answer this question. I sort of. Does it go um, to his bank? How can I fix to go to my bank? So, and and you know I got this thing fixed. Just send them that link where it was like you know when people don't I know did. where the hell the money's gonna go. There's I a did. link that you can go and say, send it here. And that's yeah. what I sent him. And it's irs.gov slash coronavirus slash economic dash impact dash payments. And I will put that in the podcast show notes. Yeah, and, and if, if it's if you don't want to remember all that, just type in irs.gov, G-O-V, and then it'll say coronavirus tax relief, and then it will say check your payment status. And that's the first thing you do is you check your payment status. You got to put your, your full name, your social security number, and your address. Uh, and then it will tell you, has it been scheduled? And if so, it'll tell you what bank account it's going to, and it puts in the last four digits. I know this because I checked it for both my sons. How about you? You're not getting one? I didn't qualify. Wow, look at the big wallet on Big, big Al. Big, big income. <laughs> <laughs> I put mine in and said, no way, Jose. <laughs> uh, all right. I mean, technically, you're only supposed to look for your own payments, but. Yeah. I, I, I have special uh, power of attorney, so Got I'm it. not to worry. 
In addition to that IRS link to update your direct deposit or check on your check, I've also posted our CARES Act guide in the podcast show notes. Download it for free to find out about some of the recovery, retirement, unemployment, and other provisions that may benefit you in the stimulus package. And don't forget to share today's episode of Your Money, Your Wealth with friends so they can also make the most of the CARES Act as well. To access all the free resources mentioned in today's episode, just click the link in the description of the episode in your podcast app. And since this stuff is fairly complex, Click the Ask Joe and Al on air banner there in the show notes as well and send in any questions you have, either as a voice message or as an email. All right, let's get to uh, Cheatham in Chi-Town. Hi, Alan Joe. Uh, thanks for the great podcast every week. Isn't this a guy that, that hated us and liked us and hated us and liked yes. us? Okay. Well, I think so. I'm assuming so. Well, didn't he get, he got us confused with another podcast, right? That's what he says, yes. Yeah. Got it. That's what they all say when we call them out on air. <laughs> that is true. Um, I'm a regular listener, by the way. Uh, last time you read my question, uh, you derived my location as Louisville-based. I'm actually asking from Chicago. All right. Anyway, thanks for helping many of us with very candid answers week after week. Here is my question. I went ahead and converted $15,000 of me and my wife's traditional IRAs to Roth to take advantage of the market drop. I understand we owe taxes right away on the $30,000 we converted. We will continue to be in the 24% tax bracket for 2020, even after conversion. My question is, when and how do I pay taxes on the $30,000 conversion? Waiting till next April is not ideal is what I'm hearing. I had the option of automatically withholding a 10% or more during the conversion, but chose not to do it. Please advise. Thanks, and look forward to your answer on the air. All right. I don't know how old Cheatham is. I think he's younger. I'm guessing. Yeah. I, I Under 59 and a half is what I'm saying, what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. So if he did withhold taxes on a conversion, if you're under 59 and a half, you would have been withheld a 10% penalty on the withholdings. So I'm glad he did not do that. So do not withhold taxes from a Roth IRA conversion if you're under 59 and a half because the, the withholding will be subject to a 10% penalty. The conversion itself is classified as a rollover, but if you withhold taxes from a conversion, that doesn't classify as a rollover or a conversion. It's a distribution, and it's a non-qualified distribution that would be subject to the 10% penalty. So I'm glad you did not do that if you're under 59 and a half. Don't withhold taxes on anything when you're doing conversions. Now, when should he pay the taxes is question in regards to maybe penalties, Al. So if he converted $30,000, right? So he can wait until April 15th, but would he be subject a tax penalty for underpayment? Uh, he might. I'll try to keep this simple, Joe, because this, as you know, can get sort of complicated. I, I think the best thing to look at is look at the taxes on your last year's return. So in this particular case, it's 2019. So you would have to know what that is, uh, or, or at least have an estimate of what that is. And then you look at this year's withholding. Right, and if this year's withholding covers last year's tax, you don't need to make an estimated payment. Right, you just wait till April fifteenth. No harm, no penalty. There's one caveat to that, and that is if your income's over one hundred fifty thousand, uh, your your withholding has to be 
10% greater than your tax. So just take your tax times 110%. If your withholding is at least that amount, you're good to go. Okay. If that's not true. But he is over, he's in the 24% tax bracket. Yeah. Well, right. So his income's over 150. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. Good point. So he probably would have to do 110% of last year's tax compares this year's withholding to that and make sure that there's enough paid in. If there's not, then you, you, you would have to make some estimated payments. Those are due four times a year. Those are due in April, April 15th, June 15th, September 15th, and January 15th of the following year. And when you start making those payments is depending upon when you do the Roth conversion. Right? So if you did the Roth conversion between January 1st and March 31st, then you'd have to make the first estimated payment, April 15th. And the amount of estimated payment is 25% of what you would owe for the course of the year. Right, So that's, that's how that works. Uh, if, you, if you do the Roth conversion later, uh, then it's a little more complicated. And I think I want to leave it at that because this can get so friggin' complicated to try to explain this. But I will say this. And this is what most people do. Most people say, ah, I don't really care that much because once they understand the penalty is only a 3% interest charge, right? It's, it's usually not very much. Right. And it's a $30,000 conversion. So, you know, with a, a, a couple percent interest, um, you know, it, yeah, and, it's and not going to be it, that big of a penalty if he waits until April. Yeah. Let's just say, Let's, let's say 25% tax because it's easier math. So he owes $7,500, right? So, so then you divide that by four over four quarterly payments. And so let's say he didn't, didn't make the first one, which is something just under 2,000 bucks. So he'd get charged 3% of 2,000 bucks. So, so what's that, $60? That's the penalty on that payment. Second payment is over 10 months. So it's a smaller amount. So that's, you know, it just gives you an idea. We're, we're usually talking tens or maybe low hundreds of dollars in penalty, not thousands. And so if now if you're the kind of person that doesn't want to pay the, the IRS a, 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 more, a dime more than you have to, then by all means, take the time to compute it. But for all the rest of us, it gets pretty complicated. All right. He's got another follow-up question. Um, he's like, hey, Joe and Al, thanks for the great show every week. Your advice in Roth conversions really helped me. Thanks for that. I have about $250,000 in a rollover IRA from previous 402 plans. It's a 401k plan. <laughs> that's, the, that's the other kind. The yeah, those are the other I think that was a typo. Give him a break. <laughs> no one gets I breaks like here. <laughs> yeah, we just, we read it as it comes out. That's right. 402k. Have you heard of the 402k? We're not going to be able to answer this question, Joe, because we don't, we don't know about the 402 Cheatham's on the cutting edge here. <laughs> That's uh, right. So does a factor into pro rata rule when I do backdoor conversion? Um, I understand I can move this to an existing employer 401k plan, but prefer to keep it in a rollover IRA because I like the fund choices I'm in. Unless it impacts how you calculate the percentage of post-tax, pre-tax pro rata rule. Thanks for everything you guys do. Um, so he, my, uh, so I have about $250,000 in a rollover IRA um, from a previous 401k. Does that factor into pro rata rule? So yes, it does. So the $250,000 that you have in an IRA, um, that's exactly what it's going to do because it's an IRA plan. So the pro rata rule is based on all of your IRAs. So if you're making non-deductible IRA 
contributions and then converting them. That's a backdoor Roth conversion because Cheatham, as he just talked about in his previous email, is in the 22% tax bracket. So he might be disqualified from doing standard Roth IRA contributions. So he's doing non-deductible IRA contributions and then converting them. But that $250,000 is now going to be calculated in the pro rata rule. So the amount of money that you're converting that is going to be basis or tax-free is going to be very, very low. So I would recommend you roll that 250 into the overall 401k plan or slowly convert out the $250,000 that you, that, that you currently have over, you know, you could do more conversions that way depending on what bracket that you want to convert to. So um, that's my thought on that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think the maybe what you do is you you look at the uh, investment choices in the four hundred one k plan, and if really they're a, a lot worse than what you think you could do in your IRA, maybe it's not worth doing a backdoor Roth in that particular case. Maybe um, is, is he married from the last email? Yeah, I can't remember. So yes. you could have, you could have your spouse do it, all right? And maybe that's good enough if if the investment choices are really a problem. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, come on. I mean, there's the, the, the 401k plans now. I mean, they're all held up. Everyone's getting sued if they got a crappy 401k plan. Yeah, well, yeah, but some are, are still, there's insurance companies involved sometimes. And they're, so not, sometimes. they're, they're not always the best of investments. But, but I, I agree with you. They're a lot better now than they used to be. Sure. I don't know. I think maybe, maybe he wants to dabble into some other things. That but, could be. All right. We got... Sea bass. No, it's sea not, bass. Joe. Come on. <laughs> Kick his ass, sea bass. <laughs> what the, you don't know what movie I'm referring to, do you? Of course not. No. Okay. So it's what how do you pronounce it then? Sabas? That would be my guess. Or I'm Sabas. gonna call him sea bass. I think I'm sea sure bass. He'll is, love it. That sounds so much better. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's a badass name. This from the man who renames towns from Akron to Akron. Yes. So well, if he's a, if he lives in Sacramento, he's probably not sea bass. Just just saying. <laughs> I'm just gonna say, kick his ass, sea bass, or sabas. He's from Sacramento, sixty-four uh, years old. When is the deadline to make Roth IRA conversion so I can use the conversion for the 2019 tax year? I already did one. And plan to use that one for next year, but got to thinking I should do another one and use it for my 2019 return. Well, I'm sorry. You have to do a Roth conversion in the year of the calendar year. So yeah, the the year that you want it to show up on your income. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I think that's the people get confused, Joe, because a contribution you can do till April 15. Typically, this year till July 15th, because of this uh, extension on the taxes. Uh, and that's uh, for 2019. So even though today we're April 22nd, you can still do for 19 a $6,000 contribution uh, and then another $1,000 catch up if you're 15 older. So $7,000, you can still do that, assuming you got earned income and assuming that your income is below a certain specified thres- thresholds. <laughs> Of uh, hundred uh, hundred thirty hundred twenty two thousand single to one thirty seven is the phase at you see I'm looking at my cheat sheet yeah, yeah. and uh, married is one hundred ninety three thousand to two hundred three thousand. All right, 
Um, we got Tim. Um, I was listening to a recent broadcast in which Joe responded to a question on tax loss harvesting. My question is, why the hell did Joe respond instead of Big Al? <laughs> <laughs> that should be the question. Right. Uh, my question is, if I sell a long-term stock in 2020 for $5,000 loss from purchase price and not purchase another stock right away, can I write the $5,000 law loss up against estimated 2020 taxes owed of $5,000 for dollar, should, such that there would be no taxes owed. $5,000 tax owed minus $5,000 long-term loss equals zero tax owed. Uh, Tim, no. not I mean, I, Big That'd Al cool. should have responded to that. That would have been that really would, cool. <laughs> that would be really cool. So the uh, the $5,000 loss is a capital loss, which you can use dollar for dollar against other capital gains. Right? Yeah, but to not reduce... after capital gains tax either. That's right. It, so... it reduces your income, right? Not your tax, right? So, um, And then if you don't have any other capital losses, you can take $3,000 of that against ordinary income. So now your salary, let's just say your salary is $100,000. Now you get that $3,000 loss. Now your salary is like it was $97,000. So you, so you pay tax on $3,000 yet less at your current tax rate. You know, so yeah, that would save about maybe $1,500, right? Yeah. So it's not, dollar, it's not like a tax credit is yes. what he's referring this to. Yeah, it's a, it's a deduction to save you in your current bracket. So and that's, the, that's, that's, true, that's true for federal and state, by the way. So the $5,000 capital loss will offset future capital gains. So let's say you have a stock loss of 5,000, but then you have another stock gain of 5,000. You sell the one that has the gain of 5,000, that loss will offset that gain dollar for dollar. So there would be zero taxes owed in that scenario. But if you have the $5,000 capital loss and you owe $5,000 of taxes, the $5,000 capital loss is not a tax credit. It's just a loss to offset future gains or a deduction of $3,000 against ordinary income. So. Yeah. And I think uh, uh, we, uh, I know of a, of a, I should say, I should say hypothetical, right? Just to, for compliance purposes, hypothetical situation where uh, an individual was paying attention to the stock losses because they had a lot of they had a lot of stock losses with this market they actually uh, intentionally sold the stock at a loss they bought something similar so they're still in the market that's what tax loss harvesting is you intentionally sell at a loss buy something similar but in the meantime you've got a, a big loss on your tax return in this hypothetical example it was two hundred thousand dollars it was you know, there's a lot of potential stock losses that were taken. Now this individual then sold a piece of uh, land, real estate at a big gain and was wondering, can I net the stock loss against the, the gain? And the answer is yes. The stock, it's a capital loss against a capital gain. It doesn't matter what kind of capital loss or what kind of capital gain, it's it, those two net together. So that's a case where if you're paying attention right now and you've got some stock losses, take advantage of them. Do tax loss harvesting. You can net them against other stock gains later, or you can use it against the property or any other capital gain. Yeah. I mean, it's a phenomenal strategy to really take a look at to make sure that you can save a uh, future tax burden uh, in the future. Unfortunately, it's not a tax credit. Um, so next time, Tim. 
If you skipped the intro of today's episode, you missed the fact that there is a brand new guide to asset location waiting for you to download for free. It'll tell you about a strategy that, hand in hand with tax loss harvesting, has the potential to lower what you pay in tax now and in the future. You'll also find our guide to the five-year Roth clock, which outlines the Roth IRA withdrawal rules based on your age and some other factors. And thanks to Marion in Fresno, a regular listener who untangled everything Joe and Big L have said on YMYW about those five-year rules to help us compile that Roth clock guide. YMYW listeners help the fellas make this show as valuable and entertaining as it is. If you have a contribution, comment, or question, click Ask Joe and Big Al in the podcast show notes and send it on in. Uh, we got one here. Um, hello, Joe and Al. This is Kent from Mission Hills here in San Diego. Hello, Kent from Mission Hills. Have you ever heard of a solo K? This is supposed to be a self-directed form of IRA where the account holder can deposit up to $63,000 per year tax deferred. Since it's self-directed, you can invest into projects or stocks and bonds, etc. at your own discretion. Second part of that question, is that something that can only be set up in Nevada? All right. Um, you, you know how we wrote Solo K too? I think he went to like a seminar, Al. Yeah. They were pitching like self-directed type products. Like you could buy real estate and, you know, who knows what the hell it is. But a, a solo 401k, all that is, is that if you're self-employed, you can set up your own 401k plan. Um, some people call it a solo 401k. Some people call it an individual 401k. Um, it's just a 401k plan for a sole proprietor. Yeah, that's exactly right, Joe. So, so the, so you can do a self-directed one. We, we'll get to that in a second. But solo K, you can you can do in the normal way, which is invest in 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 stocks, bonds, mutual funds, that sort of thing. And you can you can put uh, you can put this current year, two thousand twenty, you can put up to fifty seven thousand dollars in. That would be the employee and the employer portion, both. Of course, you have to have that much income to be able to cover it. But let's just say you do fifty-seven thousand plus. If you're uh, fifty and older, you get a sixty-five hundred dollar catch-up. So you can actually do sixty-three thousand five hundred in the current year. So that's that's true of all solo four hundred one k's or solo k's or, or individual k's, whatever you want to call it. But I think you're right. I think Kent's talking about probably a seminar or webinar he he went to listen to where they talked about self-directed IRAs or in this case self-directed uh, solo four hundred one k's. And a self-directed just simply means you can invest in assets that are non-traditional, which the most common I would say is real estate. That's 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 what you see most people investing in, and there's there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why I don't really like real estate in in retirement accounts because you lose a lot of tax benefits and you know we could we've we've done whole shows on that but I'll just suffice to say it's, it's it wouldn't be my favorite way to go but you can do it uh, you certainly do not have to set it up in Nevada it, it's uh, it's it's anywhere you want to although I'm guessing that this the seminar webinar that he went to is probably wants you to set up an LLC and they probably yep. suggested Nevada for privacy. So you can, you can set up an LLC to hold an asset in your, in your self-directed solo 401k. So now we're getting kind of complicated, but I think that's what he's kind of asking. Well, yeah. I think everything that he's asking is that sometimes with these seminars, webinars, um, you know, dinner workshops and things like that, they're, they're creating 
you know, hey, this is something that's brand new and they're trying to, you know, just spice it up that they're super experts in this area where it's it's a fairly common thing. Uh, but, you know, this solo K is like written all in cap letters. Maybe they called it something else. You, you right. know what I mean? Yeah, no, I think that's exactly right. I, I can just imagine the presenter at this was probably when he said, I got I got something to share with you. And he probably looked around to see if anyone was listening. He goes, he goes and this is for your ears only. <laughs> and he probably said, solo K. And everyone, oh my gosh, solo K. Well, that's, what, what is that? I mean, <laughs> that's, that's kind of how some of these things are. And I, I don't want to make fun of it because maybe it's completely legit. But, but my, my feeling is usually with a, with a self-directed IRA or self-directed solo K, uh, people tend to invest in, in real estate. And, and some quick problems with that is you have to pay all cash for the real estate, which is very hard to do, particularly when you live in San Diego with the price of properties. Uh, second, issue is when you need to repair your property you're limited to the cash inside the ira and if you don't have any cash you can't you can't fix it and if you put your own money in it, it's a prohibited transaction then when you get to age 72 you got to start doing required minimum distributions and if there's no cash it's <laughs> you you're, you have a 50 percent penalty for not doing the required minimum distribution and if you if you sell the property, there's no there's no current taxation. But to ever get any dollars out of it, it's all ordinary income, and you've just taken the most tax efficient uh, asset that there is, which is real estate, which is capital gain income, and and created ordinary income from it. And furthermore, if you pass away, your heirs do not get a step up in basis on the property. They still have to pay ordinary income on the gain. Whereas if, if you own the property yourself, you pass away, the heirs get a step up in basis, which means the new cost basis is what it, the value is at the date of your death. So they can sell it and pay no tax. There, there's just almost, in my view, Joe, there's there's not a lot of good reasons to own real estate inside an IRA or 401k. Um, also, you have to be self-employed. That's the that's a missing link here too, right? You need to be self-employed to set up a solo K. Yeah, and you have to have profits in your and you, Yes, and you need a profits. <laughs> you can't have another 401k through your employer. Right. right. It's, here, uh, you know what? I have a I have a nine to five job. I got W2, you know, I've already maxed out my 401k plan at my at my work, but now I'm gonna set up the solo K. And I'm gonna put right. sixty three thousand dollars into it, and I'm gonna, you know, set up a LLC in Nevada and then purchase property or whatever it is. So just be careful with the, how things sometimes are presented. The solo 401k is an individual 401k plan for self-employed individuals. 63000 per year is the appropriate amount if you're over 50 and if you have the profits in the business to fund it. If you have employees, this does not work because there's rules in regards to setting up 401k plans if you have employees. Now you have to set up a safe harbor plan. And so just understand that this is for self-employed individuals. Um, and if you are self-employed and you have the profits, by all means, you can do something like this. But maybe, you know, um, he didn't even know or um, who was this? Kent didn't even know that you, you had to be self-employed. So Well, and I think I've been to stuff like this or listened to it on webinars. And, and a lot of times they'll say, well, you just set up your own business. And, and so it's like, 
So you think that all I need to do is set up a business and not, not even worry about whether it's profitable. And if there's no profit, you can't do anything. And if you're already in another 401k, you can't even do any. You know, once you max out the 19500 for individual or, or 26000 So just, yeah, there's, there's a lot of issues here potentially. Um, okay, we got Brad um, writes in from Illinois. Hi, Joe, Al, and Andy. I love the show and listen every week. I had a question about conversions from a traditional to a Roth IRA. I live in Illinois. And as I understand it, Roth conversions are not taxable with regards to our 5% state income tax. My question is, can I convert $7,000 from a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA, paying the federal tax, of course, and make a $7,000 tax deductible contribution, I'm over 50, to another traditional IRA in the same year? The effect on my federal tax would be a wash but I would save $347 in state income taxes, 7,000 times 4.95%, since the traditional IRA contribution is tax deductible. But the Roth conversion is a non-taxable event. Am I interpreting this correctly? If so, would this strategy also work on a larger scale using my 403B deduction at work of 26,000 per year and then converting $26,000 from my traditional IRA to a Roth, saving 1,200 per year in state income tax. I appreciate your thoughts and look forward to your upcoming shows. Man, Kenny from Greenwich City, Illinois, really started something with this untaxed Roth conversions discussion. You follow the math there, Big Al? I do. And and Brad, I would say we are not tax experts for Illinois, but uh, assuming that what Kenny told us, uh, we're going to just go with that, that, uh, that Roth conversions are not taxable. Uh, your your logic, uh, Brad, sounds sound to me. Uh, again, I don't know the law in Illinois, so I'm just kind of going on what I've been told. But if that's true, if you can get a tax deduction for putting money into a 401k uh, or putting money into a deductible IRA and then turning around and converting it and not paying taxes, and I'm talking state taxes only, federal taxes, of course, it's fully taxable. For federal taxes, it's a complete wash. Uh, but for state taxes, uh, it sounds like, at least from my limited knowledge of Illinois tax, that does work. Yeah, so the distributions on retirement accounts is tax-free. So you do the conversion, it's not going to be taxed. You do the deduction, so you're going to get the deduction. You save the money there, and then you keep doing this, you know. So you, you get a little bit of a pop from the state of Illinois. So, yeah, I, I like your, 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 your thought process, Brad. Keep up the good work. Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advisors. Click the free assessment button at yourmoneyyourwealth.com or call 888-994-6257 to schedule a free financial assessment video conference with a certified financial planner from Pure to take a deep dive into your retirement plan and to learn about the opportunities that are available for you to take advantage of in this ever-changing financial landscape. Visit yourmoneyyourwealth.com or call 888-994-6257. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. You know what Facebook Messenger is, huh? I do. Yeah, I so do. send it through our Facebook page. Is that like a... Yeah. Is that, Your financial advisors, he sent us a message. It's like, it's like a special messenger service inside Facebook. Really? I don't have Facebook. Yeah, you have Instagram. <laughs>
Do they have, have a mess? They have a messenger and Instagram. I guess it's a direct message DM. Similar kind of thing. DM. Okay, got it. Yeah, you can DM me anytime. Got it. Well, I think if you're if you're 50 and older, you're on Facebook. If you're younger, you're on Instagram. Got it. <laughs> that seems to be what's happening. Okay, cool. We got to. One more time. <laughs> you're just about seconds. at the 10 minute mark. Oh. Eight 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 nine nine four six two five seven. Um, all right. What does that spell out again, Al? What? The telephone number. Oh. It's 99 goals, I think. Oh, oh yeah. That's, that's right. That, that's that's taking us back, Joe. 888-99-GOALS. Nine goals. Yeah, right. Why did I you got, stop using that? You got to have goals. Because no one knows how to, like, goals. <laughs> like, gee, what is that again? And because you got to write it everyone, down. Everyone on their cell phone, you don't have it, right? So it's oh, just yeah. too, too complicated. So you've had that number since back before cell phones? Is that what you're saying? We've had that number for a while. We we had that before rotaries. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You derived my location as Louisville-based on my area code on my phone number. Yes, because Andy's a freak. (laughs) She's also known as a stalker. Yes, I'm actually asking from Chicago. All right, um, we got Tim, regular listener. Oh, that's your notes, Andy? Correct. Oh. I know where Tim's from, but I'm not telling you. Actually, yeah. I don't remember. Got it. Okay. So, Andy does a lot of recon work. Just FYI. Yeah. Well, I guess when it's... You when might it's have in... someone, like, just looking through your window shades at night. It could be. <laughs> just yeah, just, just turn off your Facebook account so she can't find you. 